0: Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters.
1: Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California where Dr. Jeffrey Carr is our board chair and Rudolph Johnson III is our president and CEO. Our mission is to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness services, our vision, healthy and educated communities where dreams become reality. We hope today's episode and every episode of Leadership Matters offers value-added and thought-provoking ideals for advancing, emerging, as well as current leaders. I'm excited about today's topic, Leadership Effectiveness, Listening and Powerful Questions, also delighted to have Verna Jaggers, mindfulness teacher and personal professional coach with us today to help us have this conversation. So Verna, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Oh, thank you for having me.
1: Yes. And if anyone would like to join into this conversation, we invite you to do so by either emailing Leadership Matters Questions at Innovisions.org. Again, that's Leadership Matters no spaces, at Innovisions.org or you may call in to 1-866-472-5790, one 472 5790 So to begin, Verna, why don't we just uh, maybe step back and have you share a little bit about yourself so that we can gain a better perspective um, of your perspective. Great. Thank you. Um,
2: once again, my name is Verna. And I'm an executive coach and a mindfulness teacher. So the combination of those two really brings my um, passion forward when I'm working with clients uh, in that I believe strongly in the importance of compassionate leadership. And so most of the work I do, that is sprinkled through. Um, any suggestions that I make to clients, any, the way I think about leadership the way I think about, about leading people who are under my leadership. So um, anyway, a lot of
1: passion around uh, pass- compassionate leadership. Great. I love that. Zorna, um, you want to share anything about your journey into, into becoming an executive coach or a mindfulness teacher or this special interest in compassionate leadership?
2: Sure. So I was an executive leader within many corporations here in San Diego for years. About 15 years into my journey as a leader, I discovered mindful self-compassion through the UCSD Center for Mindfulness. And as I explored mindful self-compassion, I realized how much I was missing that in my in my work and then as I was coaching clients that that was also missing for them. And what I realized is that if I am so busy criticizing myself and not being able to have compassion for others, there's no way I'm going to listen effectively or be able to make the best decisions I could make. I was making decisions and I was pretty effective, but I found that once I embraced um, compassion into my work that my efforts just doubled and, or the awesome. impact of my efforts doubled. So that brought me to this place of really understanding the importance or, or sensing the importance of it in the day-to-day work. And, of course, that falls into um,
1: a person's personal life as well. Great. So can we have you say something else, just a little bit more on mindfulness? When we talk about Mm -hmm. um, being a mindfulness teacher, what is mindfulness?
2: So for me, and um, a broad definition is mindfulness is being aware of what's going on with you in that present moment. And so being able to understand by paying attention to how your body is responding to a person or a situation, or maybe even how the other person is responding to a conversation, being really present in that moment allows you to ask questions for clarification. So, as you, if you get caught up in that, as I would get caught up in this in the energy or the situation, if it was not one that was so pleasant, then I realized, I noticed that my ability to clarify, ask questions, make sure I was really grounded in the situation and in the conversation, that was, that was increased. My ability to do that was increased when I was able to stay present. And when I wasn't able to stay present, it, I was all over the place. And then I realize if I'm all over the place, the person I'm speaking to is probably all over the place, too. And so it just comes together nicely, you you know, using compassion in the leadership, being in leadership, being very present. And then uh, that flows into the ability to ask really
1: important questions. Great. And then... Um, I want to ask you to say a little bit more about this approach because you said that one of the things that really influences how you go about doing your coaching and and something that's in the forefront of you that you kind of weave into that is compassionate leadership. So what is compassionate leadership?
2: Well, one of the definitions that hit me very strongly when I read it, and so I use this as as almost like a mantra, if you will, are the words of Jin Pa, who is the Dalai Lama's English interpreter, he broke compassion down into three components which I could relate to leadership. So it has a cognitive component which says to the other person or to yourself, I understand you. There's an affectionate component which says, I feel for you. And then there's a motivational component that says, I want to help and in the context of work, having compassion leads itself to creating effective
1: leaders. Awesome, I love that, and it's funny we're going to talk a little bit more about listening uh, later. but um, you know very often when we're going through the process of working with individuals to have them think about the listening process, we'll talk about the, that um, effective component with regards to responding in a way that says, mm-hmm. I understand you and responding right. in a way that says, I feel you, I get you. And I love adding that emotional component that says, I want to help you, because I think that that right. is, uh, when we talk about working effectively across differences, be it perspectives, be it cultures, be it, you know, whatever, um, the peace is always, you know, it's, it's trust. You know, how do I increase trust? And trust is, do you have my best interests at heart? You know, do you want to help me? Can you help me? And so I love that um, that that three-component explanation of compassion embodies um, that body of work. So uh, thank you for yeah, sharing, absolutely. that Lee. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just say, so
0: we, I'll just mm-hmm.
2: take one set, a little side note to make sure, and mm-hmm. we'll probably cover this more later, but the motivational component of I want to help you is deeply bedded in using inquiry effectively. So sometimes Mm -hmm. we think that um, I want to help you means I want to do it for you. Mm -hmm. But with Mm -hmm. effective use of inquiry, it helps the person to figure out how to do it for themselves. And in that Mm -hmm. way, the leader is
1: helping them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, um, that resonates. I think that um, that um, when we talk about building trust and building relationships, the um, the act of doing that very often is um, listening, and it's mm-hmm. listening in a way that says, um, you know, I am um, trying to understand you and um, want to figure out exactly what it is you need. And I can imagine it'd be very difficult to really do that effectively without asking questions and listening to kind of help figure out what that is. And uh, I I think all of those really expedite the process of building trust, which we know is the cornerstone for any relationship, and leadership is a relationship. So I think that that's uh, um, great stuff to underscore. Um, Because today we're going to be talking about the nexus between these three, between if Leadership Effectiveness, Listening, and Powerful Questions, let me ask you, say, maybe, if, if you'd like, a little bit more on leadership. Anything else you want to say on leadership before we maybe transition into talking about powerful questions? What are they and, and you know, how do they connect? Why are they so important to effective leadership? So anything sure. else on leadership you want to share uh, before we go to that space?
2: Yeah, so um, one thing that I like to think about and then talk about when appropriate is uh, what one author called the shift from the the transformation from I to we. Mm. Okay. And when I hear just that quote, I to we, I can't help but sense that there's compassion there in the leadership because otherwise, sometimes as leaders, we become really focused on how we're performing and that... Everything our employees do is a reflection on us, which can tend to make us like over um, control or try to over control the situation. But when we can transition or transform from the I to we, then that is like one of the first steps that we take as leaders toward authenticness. And authenticness then lends itself to the trust that you mentioned. Dr. White. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think it's a beautiful way to be able to motivate people on your team to meet their highest potential. Hmm.
1: Yeah. No, I I could see that, and I love that um, that I uh, to we, and um, how important it is to make that shift in our thinking as well as in our speaking, um, in our leadership roles. Mm -hmm. Your um, transition there from I to we, and you talked about inquiry. I think that Mm -hmm. kind of puts us in this space of exploring more around um, questions. You know, what are powerful questions? Uh, Why are they important? What's the difference between a powerful question and just simply questioning someone? No, we need to take a commercial break. But when we come back, Vern, I'm going to just ask you to share... A little bit more about, you know, what is a powerful question and how does it actually link to our effectiveness as uh, a leader. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions.
3: of business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264.
1: Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com.
2: How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
1: And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, bringing you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. I'm Cheryl White, and I'm delighted to be having a conversation today with Verna Jackers. Verna is an executive coach and mindfulness teacher. Um, conversation today really is about a leadership effectiveness and its nexus with powerful questions and listening. So, Verna, I know before we went to break, we were talking about um, just um, powerful questions. I want to step back and just ask you, you know, what what's a powerful question and and how is a powerful question just maybe different than just simply asking questions? What are we okay. talking about here? Okay, perfect. So I'm going to back up a little bit to the
2: definition of um, Per Webster of, of, of a question. And okay. an inter- interrogative expression often used to test knowledge. And as we move forward, we're going to talk about testing knowledge, but... Questions can be used to test the knowledge of the person being asked as opposed to influencing or increasing the knowledge of the, of the asker. It can also be used as interrogation. So that's the other definition of, of question. And so we want to keep in mind as we're asking powerful questions that the idea is to test the knowledge of the other person and not to interrogate them. So I, I don't know how many people have worked with somebody who asks a lot of questions, and it feels like the asker already knows the answer, and they're interrogating you to find to see if you'll come up with the same answer. So that is not what we're talking about when we talk about powerful questions. And uh, one thing that I, I like to look at are big companies that use a lot of inquiring in order to drive their business. And the CEO of Google, Eric Schmidt, said, we run this company on questions, not answers. So that's coming from a very powerful leader of a very powerful company who understands this concept. Mm-hmm. And so a powerful question, as I've defined it, are is really simply open, open-ended questions that can't be answered with a yes or no but rather than that, they evoke exploration, insight, discovery, and then action. So that's where that test of knowledge comes to mind for me is in this type of question, is it going to inspire exploration and insight on behalf of the person being asked, or is it simply a way for me to interrogate them to see how they're thinking?
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I like that. I I think I would um, probably... um, step away from the test, but I love the I love that expanded definition that you asked with regards to, or that you gave with regards to just kind of evoking exploration, insight, discovery, and action, and um, and doing so in a way where a person doesn't necessarily feel that they were um, being cross-examined or interrogated, so I just want to underscore the sense of that. That's a
2: really good point because we often think of the word test as a as as a test. Like I'm being tested here. What, how am I coming up short, or am I satisfying the their requesters, um, what they're looking for? So that I thank you for making that distinction with this word test. What what I mean by that is that the person it comes up to you and they have an idea, and then by asking these powerful open-ended questions, they get to kind of go on the journey in their own mind, so they create this mental image, and then they can uh, reflect and answer these questions, but more importantly is the thought behind the answering of the questions, not necessarily the answer that they give. Mm -hmm. And it might, Mm -hmm. that question, this thought-provoking question might help them draw out a new perspective or an idea or maybe even a new possibility that they hadn't thought of. Just being asked a simple, open-ended question might be something like, um, "What? Do, what is it that your client is looking for in your product, if it happens to be a product that you're developing? What might they do with that product? How might your product or the way you're thinking of it Support your clients' needs or give them what they want, or even give them something that they they're not even aware that they want
1: mhm 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 no i um, I can see just the um, the leadership connection there with regards to um, having a person really um, be engaged in such a way where we're either expanding their critical thinking where they might be examining pros and cons of something, examining their strategic thinking and seeing how things might be connected to um, different things, maybe examining their um, their level of empathy, their ability to kind of see things from others' perspective so that they're um, really developing their emotional intelligence and um, ability to Um, therefore demonstrate what you talked about earlier, that compassionate leadership, so I could see how just um, asking questions in a thought-provoking way can really support leaders in developing the um, thinking of others as well as provide the leader with information that can expand their own thinking and development.
2: That's right, and if the leader has the final approval on whatever the person is, um describing in the answer to their question then that leader can also feel more confidence yes this person's on the track to to deliver what our goal is so if you're thinking about a a question around strategy and you talk about well this is the the goal in a year is to get here describe to me your uh, your strategy what is your strategy to meet that goal then you can you can understand where your where your staff member is coming from, so that then maybe there are very there's very few direction very little direction that you need to give that
1: person. hmm So you're getting that um, that um, alignment in how one is thinking um, that can hopefully lead to alignment in actions that will be um, taken.
2: That's right, that's right, and mm. I have this quote from Forbes, uh, one of their articles said, influence based on power or position is not enough anymore, and that is so true, we can no longer just um, push employees to do what we want them to do, people are thinking, they have very many, they have many uh, tools with which to to explore different things, they, they have, there's books, there's, YouTube videos, there's Google, there's all these different ways that they can explore ideas. And mm-hmm. a manager just telling somebody um, how to do something because I'm your manager is no longer uh, very effective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. I think sometimes we think when we invite people to the table, we are um, inviting them into the conversation. And you can really invite someone some, am person to the table and then begin to talk at them or may even gather information from them, but not um, ask questions in a way that really allows them to feel as if they're contributing to the decision-making. I might ask you for information. I might have you at the table so that you can now go out and, and um, move forward with implementation, but if I really did not engage you in asking for your thoughts and um, asking for your insights, then a person can be at the table and yet not contributing in a meaningful way to the decision-making process.
2: That's right, especially if they don't sense that trust that comes from those three mm-hmm. components of compassion.
1: Yeah, because if we don't invite them into the conversation through this you know, questioning space, then they may not feel Um, Empowered to just simply share their thoughts if we don't ask for them. We haven't created the space to hear their voice at the table. We've just created a space for them to be present at the table.
2: Right, and it goes on beyond just what happens at the table. So Mm -hmm. when a person is not working in an environment where questions are, effective, powerful questions are asked, nor are they allowed to ask questions, their ability to they solve for big customer needs or even just deliver a report on time in a way that's going to be helpful becomes diminished because Mm -hmm. not only are they not asked powerful questions, but they don't don't have a role model for how to ask those powerful questions.
1: Mm -hmm. What do you think might be um, something that leads to perhaps – questions not being asked? What, what might be happening? What do we need to be mindful of not doing as leaders that uh, could stop us from asking powerful questions?
2: Well, one tool that I discovered through by reading The Fifth Element by Peter Singe was uh, something called the Ladder of Inference. And I took a leadership training that focused on the Ladder of Inference. And so it has stuck in my mind of, as an image and I use mm-hmm. it as a tool just to test myself where I am mm-hmm. when I'm working with somebody. Mm-hmm. So, mm, say a little it's, bit more. I, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I, I'm lo- thinking
1: that where you're going is the assumptions, that one of the things that stops us from asking those questions is assumptions. That's right. And mm-hmm. it,
2: there's a list mm-hmm. of things. So it's data that we have based on our experience. It's the, assumption, the assumptions that we make uh, because of that select data that we have. It's conclusions that we make based on those assumptions. It's beliefs that we create based on the conclusions that we've made. And then a lot of times, most times, often there's action that we take based on that loop of information. So if you can imagine, each piece of that is the rung of a ladder. And so something happens and you go through your own select data, you make some assumptions, you come to some conclusions and you develop a belief about that person or the situation, and then you take action, only to find out that at the bottom of the ladder where the feet are on the ground, there is another pool of data that you you were not aware of. And so in my uh-huh. mind, when I catch myself making some assumptions or even one of, the, one of the tricks for me is if I'm just shaking my head and coming up with an action and I haven't used any questions, I'll go, oh, where am I on my ladder right now? And then that will help me by acknowledging or imagining that I'm at the top of my ladder about to take action. I can walk myself back down the ladder and get to that rich pool of data
1: Mm-hmm. That's untouched by me by asking questions. Okay, so for, it looks like we have to take another commercial break. But okay. when we come back, be interested in hearing more about this ladder of inference and how we might um, check ourselves with regard to um, really being able to know where we are with our um, um, decision making and are asking the questions and whether or not we've asked enough questions or the right questions to lead to the most quality action. And then maybe go into talking about listening and how do we do it? What are some tips and techniques you might be able to provide um, our listening audience and each of us? You know, I learn and grow every time I have a conversation, so um, enjoying this. Please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on leadership matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
3: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858 858- Two four four eight two six four. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business.
3: Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On global
2: business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl White, and I'm delighted to be speaking with Vernon Jaggers, executive coach and mindfulness teacher on the topic of leadership effectiveness, powerful questions, and listening. Before we went to break, Verna, I know you had talked about the ladder of inference and want to have our listening audience just be able to visualize on the ground level we have this pool of available data, and then you talked about each of those rungs going up the ladder, you select data, make assumptions, come to conclusions, beliefs, and then we have actions. And then I was just kind of asking you, is there additional information that might be helpful to allowing us to really um, use this ladder of inference as a way of um, checking ourselves and becoming more mindful of maybe um, do we have the right data, do we need more data, are we moving forward on an assumption. I'm just going to throw it back over to you to talk a little bit more about that.
2: Yes, um, thank you for spending a little more time on this ladder of inference. It's such a helpful tool. I think the first thing that comes to us is this awareness that things are not quite going the way that we would like them to, or we might even be a little surprised by the response of the person that we're dealing with or the situation we're dealing with. So that might be one of your first indications that you might be at the top of your ladder is when you notice that things just don't quite go as you expected and you're a little surprised and then you might have a tendency to judge that other person that they just don't get it. So those are little cues that you can take that, oh, I need to be a little, maybe, maybe I need to be a little more self-aware of the situation. So what I ask people to do to try to, try to really embrace the, ladder, the image of the ladder of inference is if they notice that they're having some conflict around their responses to people. So the first important the most important thing to do, that I ask people to do is to reflect on their back on their day and see if they have encountered any of that in that day. And if they notice that they have, a really helpful tool is to use a journal and go through these questions to yourself. Um, what was my select data, what assumptions did I make? What conclusions did I draw? What beliefs did I compile, and then what action did I? take or didn't take, sometimes we don't take action. And then just see if there's any opportunity. Now, sometimes the answer is no, but oftentimes the answer is yes when you find that you're getting yourself into some trouble, or maybe you don't think you're getting yourself into trouble, but you notice that things don't quite go the way you'd like them to go. So that's one way to use it, a very effective way to be able to notice when you're
1: up at the top of your ladder. Hmm. I love that. Thank you so much. And and I think that that um, goes back to what you um, started with earlier, and how just being mindful as a leader is so important. So, mm-hmm. you know, taking that time to do that self reflection and being intentional um, in that process. I think the other piece to um, our conversation, I want to bring it in around um, listening. You know, mm-hmm. how do we know when we've been effective in the listening process? What does that look like? Thank you. That's a great question. So I'll first just mention
2: advocacy because I don't want people to think that there's never, or walk away from this meeting thinking that there's no, uh, there's no need for advocacy anymore because that's not, Really true. So an example when advocacy, advocacy is important, for instance, is, is when a decision's been made by the company or somebody higher in the organization, and our goal is to deliver that. So when we use skillful advocacy, we, we advocate for what is needed and then ask the questions, question, do you see any hole in my lo- holes in my logic? The thing that's important about this is people need to understand that the decision's already been made. So I just wanted to throw that out there because there still is, there are there are times and appropriate places to use advocacy. But for mm-hmm. today, we're talking about
1: inquiry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I think that's a good distinction. I think a broader conversation around uh, facilitative leadership. We, you know, want um, to support the development of facilitative leadership, which I think goes hand-in-hand with compassionate leadership. And um, in that space where we may be uh, building consensus and listening and so on and so forth, it doesn't mean that we're always in a space of um gathering consensus, sometimes it's consultative, and sometimes it's, i got to go on what it is I need. It's, you know, what does the situation require um, as it relates to my role in um, choosing the right decision-making process for the situation. So absolutely, I think we're talking about being able to shift as needed um, in the right way to advocate when we need to inquire when we need to, Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So thank you for um, bringing that uh, to the conversation.
2: Right. And I I would emphasize to anybody I'm working with, or just in general, that advocacy is used sparingly, and only when it's absolutely appropriate to use it. If you're trying to build an innovative team or this, this idea of trust, it's really important that, feel, that people feel like they can respond to you in a way that's open and meaningful. And with advocacy, you can also elicit that response, like they feel like they trust you. But if you use it all the time, then that trust goes away and people start wondering why you even have them on the team.
1: Mhm mhm right cuz you're even if you ask a question you're not really wanting an answer uh maybe what um you know sometimes uh people might ask a question and we get a distinct impression that they're really just wanting us to validate their thinking or the decision they've already made versus really enrich the thinking around it right that's right mhm mhm mm-hmm. no great distinctions so um this added component that goes along with um, being able to be responsive to what we're hearing, the listening component, what would you say about that?
2: Right, so um, remember back to what, what we discussed in the f- very first section about some of the reasons for using compassion and mm-hmm. some of the techniques for using compassion in listening is um, listening for the other person's what they intend to communicate. And by doing that the questions will come might come to you. So if for instance somebody is very emotional about a situation and you have a a thought because of a previous question that you asked, but they're really upset about one situation but they're focused on another. So as they're as they're speaking you might pick out by really listening to them what the intention that they're trying, what they're actually trying to communicate to you, and then you can repeat to them what you think that, what you think you heard. So, an example would be, okay, let me just take a pause for a second and let me tell you what I think I hear you saying because you... There's a lot of emotion here, which is fine. but the, the the gem that I'm getting from your from your comment is this: Is that correct? Am I right there? And if you are right, then they will want to talk more about that. And you can keep asking questions that will help me understand that better and what have you what have you observed? And if you're wrong, they and you allow them to say no when you're wrong, they'll also say more about what they're really trying to get across to you.
1: Hmm. So you know, I I, um, I think of the process skill of um, discussion, which is kind of getting off the surface and going a little deeper. And I think our listening and our asking together allows us to um, confirm our understanding. Um, confirm our um, interpretation of the feeling, one might say, uh, confirm how we might um, be of help uh, to someone, you know, so just the the art of doing what you said, it, it's just like confirming that I got you and asking follow-up questions to say, and what else, and am I right about this, and how else might you explore that, or how else might you help me understand and get a deeper insight to what you mean, but really um, stopping, and um, asking follow-up questions to allow us to further understand becomes, I think, real important in this art of, um, of listening and asking questions that allows us to hopefully support um, greater understanding and greater exploration for um, new discoveries.
2: Right, and as leaders, we are often busy running from one meeting to the next and so to be able to ask a question of somebody, like really set aside the time to talk to them and then use that question that you just mentioned, Dr. White, and, mm-hmm. and what else? Shows the person that you have time for them. And so if they mm-hmm. are really excited about a situation or a concept, an idea, really giving them the time to unpack it, but the questions can also direct them to the point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when mm-hmm. people, when you say what else, they'll narrow down to what it actually is they want you to
1: hear. Mm-hmm. So that's what, a beautiful question. And what else? Yeah, so if if I what have else? time for yeah. you. I love that. So it sounds like we've got to do another commercial break, but uh, when we come back, I'm just going to ask you to just to fire off for us, just going to give us maybe your thoughts on some tips or techniques to improve our listening. So stay with us. We'll be right back with Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
3: business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network
0: leadership matters is brought to you by innovations need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact innovations today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 that's 858-244-8264 Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
1: Thank you for uh, staying with us, and Verna, thank you also for just uh, sharing so freely with us your information on this topic. I want to jump right into um, going back to listening and just ask you, are there some tips, you know, to being able to listen effectively and just kind of know that we're doing so successfully? Sure.
2: Uh, One thing to keep in mind is that we actually have, uh, we create a neurological state within people when we listen compassionately specifically. And I, so I like to talk a little bit about listening compassionately because you can ask questions and uh, be engaging with, with your team members, but if they can sense that you have a lot of compassion for them, um, it just improves their, uh, their ability to figure things out on their own, and they don't feel alone while they're doing it. It's pretty interesting. So the first thing that I like to think about are um, to be fully present when you're listening to somebody. And one tip for doing that that I find really effective when you know you're going to be sitting across from somebody or even even when you're just passing in the hall and you stop to listen is that you be fully present. And one of the things that I do to do that is I feel my feet on the floor. It's a pretty simple uh, trick, but it's... It's it's been life changing for me just to bring myself into the room, clear my thoughts of any other things that happen to be going on, focus my attention on the person I'm talking with, and just be present. And they can feel that
1: mm, they they great. might feel
2: vulnerable because your eyes are right on them and you're intently listening,
1: but they also feel safe.
2: Mm-hmm. And then That's the awesome. other before things,
1: you go to the next oh, one, sure, I just want to underscore sure. that that takes me to just that space of. Uh, that we've talked about on previous shows, and just knowing that connection happens in that space of vulnerability. So I just want to underscore that vulnerability is not a negative thing. It's actually a good thing, and it can right. foster greater connection.
2: Right, and it's important for the leader to understand that even them asking a question can create this sense of vulnerability for the person. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that's a safe space for them. Yes. Yes. And then the second the second idea, and it may seem simple, but it's, it's pretty difficult sometimes, is just knowing that listening is enough. Um, you're not there to solve a problem for them, even unless they ask you, I've gotten this far and I've got this one little thing left that I can't quite figure out. Can you give me some help? And once they realize that you're just listening, especially if you say, I'm just going to listen for a little while. I might ask a couple of questions, but... I'm going to listen for a while. Then they, they're better able to figure things out for themselves. Like I've had people sit and come with come to me. They've got this big thing they can't figure out. I tell them I'm just going to listen. By the time they walk out of the room, they go. They're like, "Oh, okay, I got it." And I never really said a word. So just mm-hmm. knowing that listening is enough is important. Wonderful. Just kind of creating that space. Mm-hmm. 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 And then the the third component for me is respond with acceptance. So it's, it's hard enough, or, or it can be difficult in the corporate environment or the office environment, um, because we know that we're being compared to other people. We know that there's performance ratings that are coming down. There's big projects that we want to deliver. And so it's important that the leader respond with acceptance. So what I mean by that is that there isn't a lot of judgment about the person coming across. And remember in the latter inference that your assumptions might be part of what's contributing to the problem. And so to be able to listen with total acceptance and then, if, if needed, ask questions at the end. But try to really turn off that judgment switch that comes on so easily
1: in our minds. Yeah. You know, Vern, I'm just going to underscore how that also connects to being trust-encouraging and expediting that process of um, of encouraging or expediting um, trust. And, mm-hmm. and also want to have our listeners maybe go back and listen to the Genshai, the Genshai effect that um, was discussed previously, which is really about never making another person feel uh, small or yourself. Right. Because I think all those concepts go together and they can really create a good uh, space for learning and growth. That's, that's beautiful because it, it really does, even if you, at
2: the end of the day and you get your review and it wasn't quite what you wanted it to be, at least if you know it was based on merit and not judgment or con- mm-hmm. comparing you to another person so that you feel less of yourself. That's mm-hmm. really important. Mm-hmm. So as you create this team and everybody's allowed to talk and you're listening to everybody, just realize that um, it can create some conflict in your, in, your, in your team, amongst your team members, because everybody understands that their voice is really important to you as a leader. And so this is something that we have to not be afraid to face because through conflict, a lot of times solutions come out through conflict, and so it's really important to not shy away from compassionate listening to each member of your team because you're afraid of the conflict that it will that will ensue, and it will. And we need to be
1: brave enough to face that. I love that, and, and just kind of underscoring in that process, helping make you know all parties feel heard and understood, mm-hmm. and. Um... Uh, just kind of stepping into listening enough to be able to be supportive in doing so.
2: Right, and being able to be direct so somebody might give you an idea and somebody else gives Mm -hmm. you an idea or shares an idea that's in conflict, and you're Mm going to go with, say, the first person's idea and Mm -hmm. not the second. Being able to be very, um, I use the word direct, but I'm going to say compassionate in that we want that person to know they were heard and understand why we cannot use their idea. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Any other thoughts? Sure. Uh, well, we already went through this one, but I want to mention it again, is asking authentic questions. And when we ask authentic questions, they're, again, those open-ended big questions. And those, that goes a long way to help you understand where the, where the person's coming from and then also for
1: them to better understand where they're coming from and where they're going.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Great. Other thoughts um, that come to mind, maybe one or two more, and then we'll uh, transition.
2: Well, this is a big one. As a leader, so the, the, comp- the concept is to be gentle with yourself. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, we can have a tendency, especially if we're exploring being more self-aware, we can have a tendency to beat ourselves up anytime something doesn't quite go right. So as we're being compassionate with the members of our team, we also need to be remember remember to be compassionate for ourselves. And if we're being very authentic and we've built this trust environment, there's some times to be able to... Be very open with your team about what you're feeling and thinking. And so to know that, to know, okay, if I say this, it's coming up from a place of severe judgment toward myself. You might, rather than say that, be able to give yourself some compassion and then say something different to
1: your team members. Okay, any final tips? Yes, this one. This this, this one, treat
2: candidness as a gift. Mm-hmm. And I know we've said, it, it was said for a long time that um, negative feedback or constructive negative feedback was a gift, but what I'm talking about here is just the, the person, your team members being able to be very candid with you can be painful sometimes, but if we can think of it as a gift, so when, a, when one of your team members says, I, I see a big hole in your logic. Mm-hmm. That can be treated as a gift as opposed to an attack.
1: Yeah, I think that's so important to be able to continue to have people um, take the risk of sharing because, you know, being trusting, leaning into sharing our thoughts and ideals definitely um, takes some courage and so encouraging that. Verna, if our our listening audience wants to get in touch with you, how might they do so? Sure, um, through my my website, it's called
2: jaggersinharmony.com or directly to my email, I'm verna at jaggersandharmony.com. And then if I may, um, I can give you my cell phone number. I I receive texts and phone calls as well. And that's 619-847-4778.
1: Wonderful. Again, thank you so much for being with us today, and thank you to our listening audience. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters. Informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
0: Thank you again for tuning in.